You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 252. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 252. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, baby. Hey. How are you? I'm doing pretty damn good. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. I'm doing good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Sun's starting to come out. We're finally starting to get some spring in these parts. Yeah. It's kind of hit and miss. We get rainstorms, and we have beautiful days, and it's kind of an in-between stage. That's right. And it's beautiful. My goodness. It's so beautiful. And we're so excited to hang out with y- y'all today. Y'all? Uh-oh. <laughs> Do we there sound like Southerners? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. We have an awesome topic today that is about six ways to get through shitty situations like a mouse. Like a mouse? Like a mouse. I think that a lot of times we get pretty much taken out by really rough turns of events in our lives. So I wanted to give sort of a 101 on how to get through those times without feeling like you are damn near destroyed. So that's what's on the mm. docket for today. All right. Yeah, I think it should be pretty damn good. And for those of you who've tuned in the last few weeks, you probably have heard me talk about this. I am so beyond excited about this. The very first time I have ever done this sort of event by myself, I'm going to be hosting an in-person retreat. It'll be be occurring this October, but it will be going on sale at the end of this month, possibly early June. Not quite sure on that yet, but what I have done is I've created a VIP interest list. If you are out there going, oh my gosh, yes, I want to learn some of this stuff with like-minded people. I want to dig in deeper. I want to do it in person and connect with people in real life, IRL, hashtag IRL, <laughs> then go over to thejoyjunkie.com slash retreat and get your name on that VIP list. If you've ever been on a VIP list for one of my programs, you'll know that I always take care of those people first and foremost. They get the sexiest steals and deals. There's always extra bonuses. There are extra coupon codes typically. So if you are thinking about this even remotely, Get your name on that list so that you can make sure you get all those slick offers. Sexy. Yeah. All right. And I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll make it a work slash personal trip and you can come and do a cameo or something. That'd be fun. That'd be kind of cool. Depends on where it is. Yeah. I'm, but yeah, I'm into it. I'm playing around with locales, but I'm thinking something like Dominican or okay. Mexico or Mexico? possibly Bahamas. Ah, that would be good. Bahama Mama. I would love to do the Bahamas. Yeah, we went in 2015 and it was unbelievable. We had such a good time. Gorge. So stay tuned for that. But before we jump into our topic today, how about 
how about we pass it to you, Mr. Smith? Why don't we do that? We got a little segment we like to call. Would you rather? And today's would you rather would be. Would you rather okay. fight Mike Tyson in his prime Ooh. for one round? Just one round. Just one round. Can I run away the whole time? You could. (laughs) I could dodge. Yeah, but it'd be really hard to avoid him at some point. (laughs) Okay, okay. Or or talk like him for the rest of your life. (laughs) How does he talk, babe? Oh, I can't do it. Come on, how does he talk? Uh, That's that's really... (laughs) That's really scary. That's really scary. That's really scary. That's ludicrous. <laughs> you're irritating me right now because I feel that like you're evoking stuff from the past. I mean, it's just parts of life, you know. I mean, I'm just an individual that has um, magnifying glass on me. Yeah, and you just punch him in the face. Oh my gosh, I. <laughs> if if it oh well because so much of my job is my voice. Oh man, right? I obviously the podcast, we do Q and Slay every single week over in after hours. I've got all my classes that I teach, client calls. I feel like it would be really distracting. You, okay, but the alternative is you may not live to do any of that. Um <laughs> you get punched once from that guy, you're done. I think what I would do is try to run out the clock. I would just be bobbing. I would bob and weave, bob and weave, bob and weave, bob and weave, babe. And then, <laughs> and then I would just run or like do a little somersault or something. <laughs> that is the funniest visual I think I've ever had. <laughs> I'm having a you... visual of it too. <laughs> <laughs> you like, bo- you know, shaking your head and then diving between his legs. <laughs> but then, like, having pure terror in my eyes. <laughs> oh my gosh. What about you? Um, I think I would probably go with, oh, I'm going to go with the first part. I'm going to take the. Take the challenge? Yeah, I'm going to go one round. One round, because you might, you might have an actual legit chance. Oh, please. I mean, do we get to train for it? You could avoid him better than I could. Yeah, I definitely could. Like, I'm way too big to avoid that guy. Maybe I could jump up on the ropes and then uh, be all like WWF. Totally. <laughs> oh my god! You have brothers, don't you? I do. I do. My brother was super impressed when he was out here to visit. Like all of the characters of WWF, I still remembered from like the eighties and nineties. But yeah, I still think that I would take that for sure. But we would love to know what you would rather, and we talk about it every single week over in my private Facebook group. It's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club, and you can get a lovely little club membership. It's completely free. We like to say it is inclusive and very exclusive. Join about, I don't know, eight or 900 of your closest BFFs who listen to the pod, and it's a really great opportunity to get additional trainings from me. I sound off on any questions that come up from club members. Every single week, we do a training called Q and Slay on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. You can submit your topics that you want me to cover off. We do a discussion about the latest pod every week, about our Would You Rather every single week. We do a Warm Fuzzy Wednesday. There's always extra coupon codes. There's a all kinds of stuff going pod on. resource vault with extra shit for you. It's a really great time. I think it's the place to be over on Facebook. So if you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, it'll redirect you right over to the group and you can come hang out. Mr. Smith pops in there and weighs in on the 
the would you rather every week because yeah. people always try to get get around it. They, <laughs> there's a whole loophole cr- yeah. crew. I got to play legal counsel. <laughs> Go in uh, there. All right. So come check it out. So let's talk about how to get through some shitty situations. Let's do it. First item of business, number one, is to check your perspective. Now, we've all heard the concept glass is half full or half empty. And it's really about how you choose to look at the glass. The deal is, whether somebody looks at the glass and says it's half full, or they look at it and say it's half empty, it is the same motherfucking glass. It's just about chosen perspective, right? And then our perspective becomes our focus. So if you have a shitty situation, like your perspective around losing your job, let's say, is that it's going to be so hard for you to get a new job, or you are really struggling inside a job market, or you don't have the skill set, or the overall perspective is this is hard or not enough. Guaranteed, everything surrounding your situation, every resume you send out, every person that you talk to, you are going to be gathering evidence to support the perspective of this is hard or this is shitty or it's such a bad market or a bad climate. Hmm. If you look at it through a different perspective, a chosen perspective of, let's say, new opportunities – chances are you are going to start spotting new opportunities because that is your focus. That is what you have shifted your mindset to, right? Yeah. So if you look at the glass being half empty, you see lack and scarcity everywhere you turn. If you view the glass that way, it's likely that you're going to view your relationships that way or your opportunities that way. Right. You start gathering evidence to support that perspective. So the same is true for your current situation. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to create a name for your current perspective. If you are, let's say, going through a really challenging breakup or a divorce, perhaps your current perspective has been loneliness. Maybe you call it you know, lone wolf or damaged goods or too much baggage or whatever. But but you call... label you have on it. Exactly. If you could name the way you have been viewing your situation, what would the name be? And you can even use metaphor. Something like, you know, Cinderella perspective or something like that where you feel like you've just been given a poor hand at life and you have to struggle and fight to get to the top or something like that, whatever it might be. Name your current perspective and then create a desired perspective. If you were to have Amy's view on your situation or Mr. Smith's view on your situation, how might they look at it? Or your one optimistic friend or coworker or mom or sister – who would look at your situation and see the sky's the limit or would look at it through a different lens, what would they perceive your situation to be? What could Hmm. you name that? Interesting. I'll give you a, a small example. I remember going through some coach training and I had a, and this was a very small situation. It wasn't like it was this massive shitty obstacle that I was going through, but I felt really overwhelmed and felt like I could not quite get a handle on managing my time. Always felt behind, felt like I was everything was falling through the cracks. So I had this coaching session where we worked on perspective. So my current perspective was lack and scarcity or not enough, 
right? And then as we started to do some work and started to entertain the idea of multiple perspectives, I realized that there was an alternative way to look at this. And it could be something like, I am in control of how I choose to allocate my time and energy. So instead of looking at it from a, oh my gosh, not enough, not enough, which carried a specific energy, right? It feels shitty. I started looking at it from a place of deliberate choice. And so what I decided was the new perspective was, I am the master of my time. I am the one who gets to choose Hmm. every single action. Is my circumstance still the same? Absolutely. But how I chose to view it completely changed. That's um something that I can't remember where I saw this before, but it doesn't matter whether the glass is half empty or half full. It's the same weight. So if you were to hold it straight out mm. and hang on to it, depending on what your perspective is, like I got to hold this damn glass and it's sticking on here and I'm pissed off and frustrated you're going to be more apt to get tired quickly and want to drop the glass. Yep. But if you look at the glass lovingly and you're like, I'm doing this because I want to, or, you know, if your perspective is different around it, you will hold on to it. If your body's relaxed. If you're focused on strength. Focused on strength. Those types of things will allow you to hold it. So it doesn't matter whether it's half full or half empty. It's your perspective or it's your um, attitude in that moment. Right. You know? And I think, you know, that's such a great point because I think we want the solution to be something different. We want it to be somebody magically hands us a job or a ma- magically hands us a new soulmate or magically hands us a new home. Sure. And we think that those are the things that will make us happy hmm. instead of realizing that we can find happiness and fulfillment in really shitty situations based off of how we choose to look at it. Uh-huh. I'll give you a couple of other examples. I remember. I've shared with you guys many times that prior to working in personal development, I was a makeup artist for many years. And there was a time when I really wanted to leave my current job, but because of finances and things like that, we had made the decision that I was going to stay there for a certain amount of time. So essentially, I knew that I had to go to this environment every single day that did not light me up, that did not fulfill me. Mm -hmm. And I could have chosen to look at it through the lens of poor me, and this is so awful, and I hate this job, and I'm trapped. I, I really could have looked at it from a trapped mentality. Sure. But I chose a perspective largely due to you that was character building, a character building perspective. And this was something you and I came up with after we kind of conversed about it. And you said, what if you looked at this workplace environment as something that is meant to teach you how to employ all the tools that you were learning? Mm -hmm. Because I was immersing myself into personal development. I was learning a lot of coaching modalities. Yeah. But then it was really juxtaposed against working in an environment that was radically superficial. Yeah. And here I am like slinging lipsticks and talking about shit that I just didn't think mattered anymore when I'm on the opposite end, on my days off, I was talking about life purpose and contending with fear. <laughs> and So I realized, though, that it took a lot more effort and energy for me to be the woman that I wanted in the middle of a circumstance in an environment that didn't foster that. So it really yeah. was an, an opportunity for me to grow and build my character. Yeah. So I chose to look at that chapter, that duration of time that I knew I was going to stay in that job 
through the lens of character building. And that informed how I showed up. So instead of going to work and complaining all the time, I started asking everybody what they were thankful for every day. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, so-and-so, what you grateful for today? Hey, what you grateful for today? And then I started sharing little pieces of personal development that I had learned and started infusing it into my workplace instead of being grandiose or judgmental or, oh, these people who don't know anything about, you know, personal development and completely changed that shitty experience. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember very distinctly. Another example for you guys, and this one is much, much deeper and much more challenging. When my father passed away in 07, I remember feeling as though I was at a precipice of a decision of how I viewed this circumstance. And I felt like, okay, I could go through this really heart-wrenching time of my life and look at it like why me? I could I could have the perspective of victimhood. Yeah. Why me? Why him? It was too early. Why do I have to go through this and really have that victim mentality? Or I could have chosen to look at it through a perspective of gratitude. Now, there's not just one perspective. There can be tons of perspectives. Absolutely. It's all about what you choose. And that's what's so powerful is that it is actually a choice. But for me, the blaringly obvious perspective to adopt was one of gratitude. I was 27 years old. I had lived the better portion of my life with little to no hardship. I grew up in an amazing family who loved me incredibly and very explicitly. You know, I I battled with things like religion or anxiety disorders and things like that. But I also felt like as far as dealing with something as intense as death of a parent, I had had a really pretty smooth go up until that point. Yeah. I also had the great fortune of him marrying you and I. He officiated our wedding, which was something that my brothers wouldn't get to have. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any regrets. I felt like everything that I had ever wanted to say to him or anything I wanted to transpire between the two of us, nothing was unresolved. I was there. I was able to be with him. And it wasn't one of those things like, are you sitting down? There's been an accident. So all of these things, when I chose to look at it through a lens of gratitude, it was overwhelming to me what a beautiful experience that was. Does it change that he is dead or alive? No. It doesn't change what actually happens, the facts of the situation. It changes how you feel going through the situation. I think some people get kind of muddled in and confused on what they are feeling. They're going through so many different emotions in in situations like this that it's hard to go, well, what am I feeling? Yeah. Or it's easy to kind of look at it and go, I just don't even know. Another very important piece of that is... There's only, there's not one, two, three ways of feeling. That's right. It's not just like the glass being half empty or half full. You don't have those two choices. You also have the choice of putting more water in or taking more water out. Right. Right. There's tons. Right. There's, uh, you know, you have to think outside. Can add whiskey. Think outside of the glass. (laughs) (laughs) I challenge myself and I challenge you, others, pod people, to really look at what emotion do you want to feel? Yeah. And look for that one and go, is that a possibility? Can I feel that way? Instead of saying, oh, well, I have to feel this way because this is how people are supposed to feel when this happens. Yes. 
You know what I mean? Yes. So kind of challenge that, buck that system, and don't allow yourself to fall into that categorical feeling. Yeah. Uh, and saying, well, you know, I'm supposed to be in mourning, or and I don't. Why? Yep. Or whatever it might be. That's interesting, because I remember very specifically having a conversation with my therapist at the time, and I said, like, I feel like I should be way worse than I am, and I feel like I should be not being able to get out of bed and just, am I doing this whole grief thing right? Yeah. You know, I'm yeah, doing yeah. it wrong. Right. I should be worse. And she was like, no, 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 no. Same thing that you're saying. Like, you don't get to vote on your emotion. And this is actually something that we've been talking about in Relationship Rx, specifically about dealing with emotion inside of romantic partnerships. Uh-huh. And that is all your emotions are right. There's never an incorrect emotion. However, there is responsibility around choice of behavior Action, yeah. because of your emotion, right? Yeah. So just because you're really furious at your partner doesn't mean you get to yell and scream and that that's valid. Right. Your emotions are valid. But how you deal with it is always your responsibility, which is actually an interesting segue because number two is to put a container around your anger or your sadness or any other really uncomfortable emotion that can lock you into Mm -hmm. a negative perspective. It's incredibly important that whatever you are feeling, you give room for yourself to feel that. However, especially when you're in a shitty situation, it can be very easy to slip into becoming an angry human or a depressed human, a sad human, where now it's kind of become your modus operandi, the way in which you operate. So that's what we want to really be conscious of is identifying what you're feeling, like you said. And sometimes you identify what you're feeling after the fact. So you might lay into your partner thinking that it's about the blinds or thinking that it's about taking the trash out or some stupid argument. And in retrospect, when you really evaluate what you're feeling, you're actually just really upset about your shitty work situation. And it makes you snappy and it makes you irritable. Those are the pieces that you really need to take ownership of. One of the things that I do a lot of times with my best friend, and you and I do this sometimes too, is we'll say, I just need to tell you what I'm mad at. I need to tell you the things that I'm mad at. And it's essentially a timed container where we just let out like 10 minutes of, oh, got to get this out. I'm so pissed. Right? Yeah. You can also put a container around it by locking yourself in the room and giving yourself a really great cry if you don't tend to allow yourself to mourn or cry. Let's say a breakup or a divorce or you lost a home that you really thought you guys were going to get or something like that. Any type of shitty situation. If you don't allow yourself to emote, you are doing yourself a serious disservice. It's the same thing like really trying to suppress throwing up. When we know if we just get it out, (laughs) we will cross over. Exactly. The healing begins. You cross over to the other side so much faster than prolonging that pain. That is what happens when we try to stuff emotion. But it's a fine line because if you allow that without a perspective, right? That's why number one is so important, choosing that perspective. 
Because if you don't come back to your desired perspective, you allow that emotion to overrule you. And then that's when it becomes a chronic way of being. Yeah. And sometimes you need a season and there's no hard and fast rule. Like sometimes you need a mourning season, like a divorce. You can't just snap your fingers. Uh, Sometimes job loss. You can't just snap your fingers dealing with the death. It's not just something that happens overnight after you've purged it out to a best friend. So everything has a different gestation period. But what I want to encourage you to do is to create consciousness and awareness around what you're actually feeling, mm-hmm. which leads me into number three. So first step, check that perspective. Choose a powerful perspective. Name your current one and name your desired one. Number two, put a container around un comfortable emotions. I'm not going to ever say bad or negative. It's about those are there to serve you. You just need to feel them and choose to operate them in a powerful way for yourself. Correct. Leading to number three, which is take a no complaining challenge. And this is different than feeling what you feel. So if you tell your best friend like I do, I need to complain about this. I need to tell you the things that I'm mad at. It's for a specific amount of time. And then you shift back into your chosen perspective. Mm -hmm. So you might tell your partner, I need to just tell you all the things I'm frustrated about, about this stupid job hunt. I feel so destroyed by it. I feel totally discouraged. Set the timer. I'm going to yell and scream for 15 minutes about all the shit I hate. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to clear that out of my system and I'm going to start behaving from my desired perspective, which is opportunity, let's say, or sky's the limit is going to be my new perspective. So that means getting it out of your system and then going back to the computer and researching new opportunities, sending out your resume, contacting other people, whatever it might be. Does I hope that makes sense. I use reactive proactive. Okay. So for me, when I'm feeling in the moment and I'm frustrated or angry or depressed or whatever it is, that's a reaction to something else. So I'll be in that reactive moment and I'll be conscious that I'm in that. And I'll say, okay, now what can I do proactively to move away from this Mm -hmm. into something that feels better for me? So in the case of the job search, it could be like, ah, this is so frustrating. Nobody's hiring or I'm overqualified or whatever it is. You can complain about it all. And then go, okay, here's my set of circumstances. What do I do now? Yeah. And then you go back to that outside of the glass thinking. Yeah. Right? What's some angles that I can take? Maybe I can take these... And start my own company or, you know, where do you take it where you're like, all right, I'm tired of feeling this way or this isn't a comfortable way of living for me. How do I move to the next level? You do something proactive. You take a step. That's great. I I really, really love that as sort of, and that could even be a piece of your perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could say, I'm going to have, I'm going to move from, uh, what did you say? Reactive. Reactive. To proactive. I'm going to move into a proactive perspective, and that I think that's brilliant. And you guys get to decide what makes the most sense for you that will actually get you into action. But one of the things that I think is so important to understand about a perspective that is of lack and scarcity, like being reactive or woe is me or victimhood or whatever, is you don't ever come up with creative solutions there. Yeah. You don't ever yeah, yeah. think about, ooh, I could start my own business or. I could start doing extra work over here, or I could possibly get into the dating scene over here, or, oh my gosh, my friend's brother is newly single. I want to go, I've always wanted to see if there was something there. We don't see any possibility when we're locked into a negative perspective. Yeah. 
all we see is lack. So on the number three, no complaining challenge, this would be about the concept of, I am not going to permit myself to wallow and become a complainer about something that I'm not actively taking action on. Well, you know what complainers get, right? <gasps> complainers will get a... Cold prickly. Cold prickly. That's right. <laughs> You get to complain, again, if it's in a container, if you're being aware of your negative energy and doing it as something that's actually in service of you. But if you have become a constant complainer where it is now a habitual way of being, where every time somebody asks you how you're doing, you are like, not so good, things are shit. Like it's always a womp, womp, Debbie Downer. And you're not doing anything to actively change that. That is on you. And that Mm -hmm. is about a shift of perspective. From the other side of the coin, as someone that's on the receiving end of that complaint, it is much easier to be there for somebody if they're like, I just need to do this for a few minutes. And you set it up. Yep. And they're like, all right, I can do that. I I can can be here for you. Yep. But if it's a consistent, constant, habitual complaint, that person gets tired of it. Right. And they don't want to be there for you anymore. They're like, move on, man. I've heard this. uh, Yeah. Like, you're exactly. just, all I'm going to hear is complaints from this person, or, oh, they're just going to cry on my shoulder every time I see them. You know, it makes it hard to be there for them. And I know that you, like, there's been times it, throughout the last decade of my business where things have been so, so hard, and I've had to cry and express how frustrated I am. And on the flip side, I think you were able to be there for me through those times because you saw so much action mm-hmm. that I wasn't just yes. sitting back complaining about things. I was trying every possible thing I could do. Yeah. And so that made it easier for you to support me and say, hang it in there and I see your effort and I see what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. So number sure. three, take the no complaining challenge. Number four, this is also very much in tandem to that. Focus on what you can do. I love how you would always say, throw it in the trash can't. Yeah. I don't want to hear that you can't. A lot of times my students and clients will hear me say, you can't or you won't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times they will be focused on, well, I can't leave my job or I can't leave my partner or I can't get into the dating scene again or I can't do this. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about any of that. Tell me what you can do. Like and that all goes in the trash can. That all goes in the trash can. Sco- do you see what I'm doing? I'm <laughs> scooping it into the trash scooping can. in the trash can. I want to talk about what you can do. And again, this is a shift of perspective. It is noticing when you are in lack, noticing when you're focusing on the can'ts, switching it to the can. All right. It. Number five, call in reinforcements. This is about making your job easier. This is also about watching out for negative forces in your life. So let's say you're dealing with a massive health issue and it's got you really fucking down in the dumps and your mom or your sister or your best friend loves talking about their ailments too. And wants to talk about how shitty and groups you together like, well, we just have a really rough go because our health suffers. And yeah, commiseration. Commiseration. It's the commiseration station. And you got (laughs) to get a ticket out of there, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) One ticket out of commiseration station, please. (laughs) Yeah. So we got to 
We got to switch. We got to get out of there. That's right. Call in your reinforcements. Make your job easier. This is also about looking to people who tend to see the bright side, tend to look at the optimal scenarios that are a possibility for you. Who are those people in your world? And lean on them. Actually share with them this tool that we were talking about, putting a container around your anger. Are they somebody who can say, okay, go. Tell me all the things you're pissed at. And now, what's the new perspective? Mm -hmm. Now, what can you do? Now, what are you going to start focusing on? How are you going to be proactive? Who are those people in your life? And get them on board. Turn to them. Because guaranteed, they are going to be way more excited to be there for you than just hearing all of the shit. I cannot tell you how many times in After Hours... Or in various classes and things that I've taught where people go, how do I deal with this person who always is negative or always complains? It's not fun to be around. So find your allies. Find the people who want to hold your highest self. Okay. Number six is self-care throughout this process. Here's the deal. When we go through something shitty, whether it's a loss of a loved one, a job, a breakup, anything. We tend to turn to our vices. We go to our indulgences. It's when we overeat, when we overdrink, when we throw in the towel with our workouts. It's when we zone out on Facebook a little bit too much, when we kind of forget about our meditation process. We start letting go of the things that actually feel grounding for us. Yes. So I'm not saying don't throw back a whiskey or have a pint of ice cream here and there. I'm talking about being aware of your vices. Instead of saying something like, oh, I just need a drink, or oh, I just need some ice cream, or whatever yours is. I need a whiskey and a pint. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of that, start saying, I choose. Because it's not about what you need. It's about what you are choosing. What Hmm. you need is probably comfort. That's probably what you are craving and desiring, and you are filling it with the easiest solution. And and I am such a proponent for sometimes you got to take the low road. I really don't think it's always, always, always take the high road. But be aware of what you are choosing. Watch your vices. And when I say self-care, I'm not talking about having bubble baths and mani-pedis. I'm talking about leaning into healthy behaviors that make you feel good. If you know that morning meditation really sets you up right, get back on track with that. If you know that turning to your mom never works out, that's a piece of self-care. Stop turning to your mom. Start turning Mm -hmm. to other allies. Watch who you surround yourself with. Another huge piece of self-care is how you talk to yourself. Yes. That is one of the biggest pieces of caretaking for self is what are you feeding your own mind? What are you choosing to focus on? How are you speaking to yourself about your own abilities? Get that completely in check or at the very least start noticing when it derails and like, oh, that was shitty. Oh, that was not nice. Oh, that comment wasn't helpful. Yeah. Get on, t- on track with that. And I'm actually going to put some links to some self-talk links in the show notes because this part is pivotal because you could listen to a good podcast, you could have a great conversation with a friend, and that is a short duration of time. You are with your own self-talk 24-7. Yes. It is the most integral piece of personal development I think that there is. If you are going through a shitty time, you have to get that self-talk on lock. And then finally, ask yourself this question around 
what makes me feel more in control in a healthy way, right? Not starting to be super controlling of your spouse if you feel out of control in your job or not being super restrictive with your diet if you feel out of control in you know, your relationship. I'm talking about what are elements of control that actually make me feel really healthy. For me, when I control my morning routine, when I'm journaling, when I'm doing meditation, that makes me feel better and more powerful, even if other shit is hitting the fan. So what are those elements for you? Do you feel much better when you control how much water you drink or how much alcohol you drink when you are a little bit more vigilant about what you're putting into your system. What are those elements that you can get a handle on that do make you feel better? Hmm. Um, Something that might be helpful is something that I use with my clients, and it's the dichotomy of control and surrender. Ooh. So we use control, and we think of either control in a good way or in a bad way. Right. But it's two sides of the same coin. Hmm. So surrender is the other side of that, yeah. right? And surrender can be a negative or a positive word, depending on how you look at it. Yep. Right? So how much control is appropriate? And when is surrender actually a good thing? Yeah. Like uh, for muscularity, people will have a lot of tension in their body and it's a a false sense of control. Oh, yeah. They, they, it's actually not serving them, but it feels like they're in control. Mm-hmm. Whereas once they start letting go uh, and surrendering themselves, that their body doesn't have to be in that uh, tightened place, that they actually gain more control. Yeah, it's crazy how that works. By surrendering. That's right. You actually feel better. You move easier. You're more fluid. That's right. Um. So you can take the same thing into your emotional states. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I see that a lot in relationships too, where one person will try to control the other partner Mm. over and over and over again. And when they just surrender and they kind of go, okay, I don't have to force them. Let's just talk normally. They end up being way more effective than when they're trying to hold on so tightly. Hold on loosely. But don't let go. Nice. Never heard that song? It sounds very 80s. It was. It is. Yeah. I'm also going to put a link to, I've done a couple of episodes specifically on control that I think might be helpful for you guys if if that was triggering or you would like a little bit more information around that topic. All right. So here's the deal. Check your perspective. Number one, choose a powerful perspective carefully. Number two, put a container around your anger or your sadness or your uncomfortable emotions. Be sure to let it out in healthy ways. Number three, take the no complaining challenge. Number four, focus on what you can do. Number five, call in reinforcements. Make your job easier by leaning into your allies. And number six, take care of yourself. All about self-care. And that is watching your indulgences, who you surround yourself with, and really minding your self-care, or uh, self-talk, rather. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So there is your joy junkie guide to dealing with shitty situations like a boss. I like and it. come hang out with us in the After Hours group. We're going to be talking about your biggest takeaway from today. 
you can find us over at thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It takes you right over there. And don't forget to get your name on that VIP list if you are interested in possibly hanging out in real life. And I can give you a big squeeze in person and we can learn and grow and do awesome shit together. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash retreat. Get your ass on that list. Yes. And I think that's everything. Anything else you wanted to pop in with? No. No. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> no, you don't? <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. 